Welcome back to the Broncast, the podcast all about the Ford Bronco. I'm your host, John Melton. I'm Donnie Whiteman. We are two Bronco enthusiasts who own Broncos. We work on Broncos. We swear at Broncos. And we just love talking about the Ford Bronco from generation one all the way through generation six. Our sponsor for this episode is Tom's Off-Road. Tom's Off-Road has every part you need to fully restore your Ford Bronco. So this is where I'm supposed to talk about the recap for the show, but I see in our notes, it says, I owe you $150, John. <laughs> yeah, you do. Oh, man, it's not supposed to be in there. So You need to pay me back. I know. I'm a bum. <laughs> I have it with me. You just have to remind me four times. So, Okay. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the Great Smoky Mountain Bronco Stampede and give some love to the full-size Bronco owner. So we're going to have a little focus on that with a special guest. Uh, Spencer is going to be on the show with us. Nice. Well, what have you been up to uh, here recently in life and in the shop and all those for the the broadcast world? Oh, just trying to trying to focus and get some things done. It, it, we have two chassis back there uh, that went to powder coat, so you know we had to do a lot of frame repairs. And I'm gonna do a shout out to I don't know the guy's name, but you buy his frame parts on eBay, and uh, it's from Mc, I think McDowell, Kentucky. So, um, and then if you, you can, so where do you find this guy? So I'm looking all over calling everybody. I thought I'd try and call him directly, but, uh, I found, I think you sent me to, um, which website? Classic Broncos. Yeah. yeah. He, he's a member on classic. Broncos. <laughs> yeah. And it says cat fan. He's yeah. <laughs> a picture of a cat, which I didn't expect, but, um, so cat fan, we want to thank you because yep. we don't know the name of your company. And, uh, and he has, you're talking about the frame horns and yeah. the frame, like, the frame pieces that you can cut your old ones off and yeah. and put the new ones and on. And they rust at the shock mounts, yeah. so he sells those with the threaded with nuts and washers. And oh. uh, yeah, uh, every 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 section that you need, whether you need a thirteen inch section of the frame horn or you just need the top or the bottom, and uh, he makes uh, little plates that are really cool that you put over the body mounts, so nice. you can cut all that rusted out and have a perfect one eighth inch thick piece of steel that covers that with the right size diameter hole for the body mount. Nice, that's super cool. I have not been working on my Bronco or doing anything productive, but uh, family talk. I we uh, are we did a thing with our kids where we let them stay up all night. And uh, it was actually pretty fun. We like stayed up and had a Karate Kid marathon, played some games, played some board games. Then we started the Karate Kid marathon and watched Karate Kid 1, 2, and 3. But at, uh, at like midnight, we all as a family went to Waffle House because that's the <laughs> only time that Waffle House tastes good is at midnight. The rest of the time, it's disgusting. But And it was it was amazing. And I'm sure everyone at Waffle House was like, who are these parents who've let their kids stay up till midnight and then took them to Waffle House? Like, what's wrong with them? <laughs> they're all they're all hammered. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so all, your kids are like, oh, that's what that's yeah. like. Oh, what's that smell? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. I stayed up. Uh, my wife went to bed at like 2.30. I stayed up until like 3.30 or 4.30 kids uh my daughter went lasted until like 5 30 and then the other two made it till 7 30 and then at 7 30 we were like okay everyone go to bed like you've made it you did it congratulations now go to bed and then like the rest of the day i mean like we all slept you know slept in slept for a while but then the rest of the day everyone's just like 
you know, crying over in the corner, like just was so emotional and like everything, you know, it's like, like all those people from Waffle House. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're crying in the corner too. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it was, it was fun. That's our stay up all night with the kids kids night I, I i win as a parent so i just attended the gsm great smoky mountain bronco invasion in uh, pigeon forge and got to meet justin murray who i have on the line with us right now say hi justin hey guys hey hey thanks for having me on yeah thanks for being here yeah so we wanted to ask you justin about you know starting the this first bronco event at pigeon forge and um we have more questions after that so wh- what gave you the idea to do this well, we just saw a big need for it. Um, the Broncos were was coming out pretty strong in the market. We were seeing them more and more. And there was just a big interest in it, and people were asking us to do it, and we obliged. And now you guys have done events like this before, though, right? Yeah, so I put on the Great Smoky Mountain Jeep Invasion, and this has been our 11th year doing that show. And that's like one of the largest Jeep shows in the country, right? Yeah, I would argue it's the largest in the world. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's incredible. And are you into Broncos at all? Is, are Broncos, you know, or was it just kind of a business opportunity? No, I'm into Broncos. My grandfather had one, and so I have one um, almost identical to one he had, and I have a 1979 Ford Bronco uh, XLT, and uh, I've been doing a lot of work onto it recently, so... Yeah, I'm definitely in the Broncos. That second gen is, is, is where my heart began with Broncos. That's awesome. I wanted to ask you about the Jeep. So, so this was really cool. What Justin did was uh, he has the Bronco Invasion, and all these manufacturers come. And the show is there's an indoor space that's enormous that's full of manufacturers. And then there's the outside lot, um, which, you know, we're getting quite a few Broncos. How many Broncos would you say were there your, this first year? I would say roughly uh, 300. Wow. Wow. I know that we had around 150 that registered, and then there was a, you know, a ton that were just outside in the public parking lot. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, they didn't know to, like, park with the other Broncos, uh, <laughs> but they drove their Broncos to the show. That's cool. But what was really cool is I went the next weekend, so all the manufacturers, many of them just stayed set up, and they I don't know what they did during the week. I had several come by the shop, and they just traveled around. And then then the Jeep, uh, when does the Jeep show start? Is it Thursday? Yeah, it's a, a Thursday through Saturday show, but we have about three days of setup for that show as well. So vendors uh, start coming in on Monday that week. Wow. So you told me to come back and check it out, so I did. So I drove back to Pigeon Ford, <laughs> and there were more Jeeps than there were any other car there. And, and am I making this up? Is there almost 20,000 Jeeps at this event? Yeah, that's our strong uh, guesstimation of it. Wow. We do that off of our wristband sales. And so we know that we do about 50,000 in wristband sales at the event. And so we just have to guess. Yeah. Yeah, you feel like you've driven into this hornet's nest of Jeeps. <laughs> They're everywhere. Wow. Yeah, that's that's quite a testament to what you've been able to do in like 11 years. That's that's incredible. So do you, do you foresee the Bronco show reaching some sort of success like that? I do. Um our first Bronco show was three times the size of our first Jeep Invasion. Wow. And so, yeah, a lot of the manufacturers that did show up to that, that event um, sold out of, of inventory. Uh, I know Rutted Ridge said it was their third top-selling show of the year of all the shows that they did across the nation. 
that first Bronco show was their top, uh, number three selling show. That's amazing. How many like vendors would did you guys have? Like how many different parts vendors? I, I want to say we had a, a list of ninety, but we do include um, some local businesses and attractions. But I would say dedicated Bronco vendors. I'd say about seventy. Wow. And would you say most of those were for the sixth generation Bronco? Like that was majority. I would say about 80% of them were. Yeah. 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 That's, I mean, that's amazing. Like having 90, 80, 90 vendors is, is pretty amazing to have a new Bronco and go to that show. It's like you literally could find anything, (laughs) you know, anything you want. Yeah. I'm really trying to encourage the older market to come as well. The older generation Broncos and their vendors. I thought you had a pretty good representation of, uh, new Broncos, early Broncos and you know, full size. I saw a couple of Broncos sports. So you were pretty inclusive and in, you know, you weren't trying to just say, Hey, we only want new Broncos or we only want vintage. Yeah. Being a vintage Bronco owner, I definitely want the, the older Broncos to show up. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. So we got to ask what was your favorite thing at the show or your favorite part of the GSM event? I mean, uh, I love that the vendors show up in force and they bring great, great products, but I'm a sucker for the older generation Broncos. You know, the the first, you know, second gen, all the way up, uh, they're, my, they're my favorites. And seeing the classics come, uh, people put a lot of hard work into those Broncos, and I really respect all that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the, the full-size Broncos, so Gen 2 to Gen 5, that market is about to go crazy. Yeah. And uh, they're so different than the early Bronco, and they're so different than the new Bronco. I think that could almost be a show in itself. I agree. So while I was at the show, and I went indoors, which was very nice because it was air-conditioned. <laughs> so um, there were so many different parts and things in there. I just saw cool stuff. I saw new lights. I saw new software programs, maps for doing trails anywhere in the U.S. And uh, they had the Bimini tops. Those manufacturers were there where you can get those printed with whatever you want instead of just, you know, some pattern that maybe you don't want. Um, and then uh, we saw this guy with uh, that had these portals for new Broncos. Did you see that? Yes. Uh, that was a mix of uh, rock slot engineering, I believe, correct? I think it was Bronkbuster, Texas... Broadcaster, yep. Texas, yeah. They're right next to Rockslide Engineering. Yeah, so we saw some pretty cool innovative products there too. And the whole Gen 6 thing's about to blow up. You know, trucks are still under warranty, so people aren't going to do too much to them. But um, Agreed. Yeah, I think that's that's going to blow up also. So the Bronco thing should be just enormous. Yeah, I hope so. I uh, hope we're doing some good things for the Bronco community. Uh, I think it was, a, it was a good event for them. What are some of the things that people can expect for next year? I think they're going to see a, a definitely a, a growth in the vendors that participate. Hopefully we'll see more uh, older Bronco vendors there that sell older Bronco parts. And just a, a bigger show and shine event. Yeah, I, you'll, I imagine we'll have more participation in that. And um, yeah, we'll have more after parties and all that kind of stuff. So it's going to be a, a good event for everybody. When I went to the Jeep show, there's a like a walkway from the indoor convention center over to this upper parking lot across the street. And there had to have been another 
four or 500 Jeeps up there. Maybe there was way more than that. And all the manufacturer's trailers outside. So they took over this other parking lot. Wow. And uh, I can kind of see the the Bronco thing reaching that point too. Definitely. Because a lot of these vendors that come to the Jeep event, they also produce uh, Bronco parts. And so we have a lot of tire manufacturers that come, a lot of suspension manufacturers, bumpers, you, you name it, lighting manufacturers. And the, there's plenty of, of business for all of them to be successful. There's a, there's a lot of Bronco owners and, and going to be Bronco owners. It's hitting the market. Like you said, Donnie, in that second gen on up, it's just about to explode. And so there's enough for all these, these manufacturers to be successful. Where can people see what went on? How, how can people find out about the next events? Kind of what, what's, um, yeah. What, what, what's some of the places where people can get more info? Uh, I just a lot of people to Facebook, you know, the Great Smoky Mountain Bronco Stampede, and also our website, gsmbs.com. gsmbs.com. <laughs> Great Smoky Mountain Bronco <laughs> Stampede, yeah. GSMBS. BS, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of BS going on. Right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I, I, it, I did incorrectly call it an invasion. Yeah. But it will be later. <laughs> it's a stampede yeah, right it's now. It's the Jeep invasion and the Bronco stampede. So, <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Yep. Set me straight. Yep, yep. Well, Justin, that's awesome, man. I'm excited for what the the event holds in the future. I'm excited to see kind of where you know where this event goes as things progress. And and uh, yeah, just heard nothing but great things about the event coming off of it. So thank you for putting together such a a great event, and thank you for uh, coming on and and uh, talking to us a little bit about it yeah i want to thank everybody that participated in the show you know doing the first annual show you never know how it's going to how it's going to go if it's going to take off or not but uh, we definitely saw success in this first show so we're very optimistic about the second and third year shows and uh, looking forward to it that's great well we'll we'll see you next august yeah maybe we'll do a, a live podcast from the the uh gsm bs event <laughs> yeah sounds great gentlemen he just got a new nickname <laughs> that's right all right thanks justin we'll talk to you later thank god well that was cool hearing from justin and the gsm bs event hopefully that'll be that'll be a good one next year okay so this episode we're trying to do a little full-size talk and so we thought we would get uh one of our buddies on the phone from super celebration uh, Spencer and, uh, and just talk, he's got, he's got some Broncos. He's got some full size. He also has some early Broncos, but, uh, but let's, let's talk to him. All right. Well, we have Spencer on the phone. Uh, Spencer's, uh, someone that we've met at super celebration. Um, another number of times, Donnie and I have, have met him. Um, and, uh, yeah, we just kind of wanted to talk Broncos with, uh, with fellow Bronco enthusiasts. And, um, so yeah, welcome, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. So I met Spencer at the campfire with you, John, at Supercell <laughs> last April yep. and, uh, we're all hanging around and had a good time. And how did, how did you two guys meet? Oh, Spencer, how um, did we meet? It was uh, the first time that you were doing, um, I, I think it was like two or three years ago, uh, first time you started doing interviews at Supercell during the live where you were talking to people about their builds and their Broncos and you had like a lineup of folks. Um, so I think I was, I was the second one 
that was interviewed uh, that day, and we were talking about my uh, 90 that I built that was a, a long travel. Yeah. Uh, and Drew, you know, my buddy Drew was, was the one before me, and, and he and I didn't know each other at the time, and that's how we met. And, <laughs> and he just lives right down the road from me. And uh, and so that's how we met, and, like, we hang out all the time now. So it's, it's, it's cool how it worked out that way. Yeah, doing live videos, bringing lifelong friendships together. <laughs> yeah. And now, yeah, and uh, now, you know, whenever – Spencer and I are at Super Celebration. We always try to get together and hang out for a little bit and and uh, talk Broncos, talk life. And so, yeah, wanted to to have you on the show. So, first, what what is it about Broncos? Like, what what is it about the Bronco that drew you in? Like, do you have you know, like, is it a history thing? Do you have Broncos in your family history kind of thing? Well, I, you know, I think you know, I was raised. It's weird to kind of say, but I was kind of like raised on Ford. Um, like both my both my papas drove Fords, and my my dad drove a Ford. Um, and you know, growing up, like I liked I liked the trucks. Um, you know, my my papa had a um, like a seventies F one fifty. It was a, a you know a dense side two-wheel drive, short bed, like 390 truck, um, you know, pretty, pretty common for the time. And, you know, my dad, he drove like a, like a brick nose, um, F-250, um, you know, that had like the, the international diesel in it. Oh, wow. And, um, you know, like I always, always admired, um, my, my papas and, um, and my dad and I kind of, in a way, kind of associated what they had and what they drove with the type of, of person that they were and, and what I wanted to be like, you know, my papa was a World War II veteran. He was born in 1919 Wow! and grew up a farmer and both my papas and my dad all worked, you know, at, at the same factory. And, uh, my dad was a machinist for like 43 years and they were just really, really good, solid, you know, godly masculine men. And that's what they drove. And like, I, I just kind of, in some way in my mind as a child, I associated, you know, what they had and what they drove with, with the type of person that they were, you know, just, just simple, simple, good folks, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, nothing fancy because those were just normal, normal vehicles and um so you know i you know the i remember sitting on my on my papa's lap i couldn't have been more than five or six at the time you know and steering steering his truck as we drove across fields and stuff that was the first time i ever drove a vehicle even though i couldn't reach the pedals and um you know they had ford tractors and and (laughs) ford mowers you know, the, the old, um, like YT series mower and like the Ford eight in tractors and stuff, they were just like everywhere. And, um, so I just kind of associated it with them and it was the first things that I drove. And, um, you know, when I was, when I was 14, um, my dad bought me my first truck. 
it was a um it was like a 90 or 91 uh brick nose f-150 oh nice short bed four-wheel drive 300 inline six nice um and it was all rusted out it'd been a farm truck it, and so we worked on that together and um so yeah i just i just raised on ford i always liked the old fords and um what got me into broncos was um you know when when i was an adult and got my first good paying job um i had this uh 68 camaro it was a z28 302 four speed oh, and nice. it was a really nice car yeah well, my wife hated that car <laughs> and um you know i'd always wanted a bronco um and i kind of thought of of broncos as kind of like the um almost like the sports car of of the truck world right yeah. because um you know they're they're being a shorter wheelbase you know they're they're better you know in the woods and stuff and um so i i've been wanting one and i found this uh 78 i drove almost all the way to uh myrtle beach to get this thing because i couldn't find one that was a that was a four-speed manual and and i just had to have a manual because that's my preference and i drove all the way out there to get it and uh, brought it home and and the wife was like you're you're crazy you know why are you bringing this hunk of junk home because it, <laughs> it was really rough and i was like just hear me out you know we're gonna we're gonna load up the the dogs and we're gonna go drive some fire roads and some gravel roads and stuff yep so we took the top off and did that and she fell in love with it oh wow and um so that just for you know for the first year that was our thing was every weekend we're you know loading up the dogs and going driving fire roads going on trails and stuff yeah and um you know she ended up within within a year or two we were at supercell and she ended up buying her own bronco she bought herself a a 73 nice Nice. so that was our our second one and then when she got that i mean it it snowballed from there yeah (laughs) like after that it was it was a 90 model and then it was a 96 model and then it was a (laughs) 79 model so how many broncos are you up to now so my wife's got the 73 um we've got a 78 a 79 a 90 and then I bought my dad a 96, um, and I end up driving it a lot now that I've, I've sold my truck because his 96 is all stock, and it, it's got a good receiver edge yeah. on it, so I nice. can to haul trailers and equipment and stuff nice. um, as long as it's not something too heavy, so I still drive it a lot, even though it's his. I was asking you the other day, Spencer, you said something like, it's been a year of heartaches with your Broncos. What did you mean by that? <laughs> my, my 78 which is my first one. Um, I haven't driven that truck in like four years. Um, me and my dad started taking it apart, doing like a full restoration. It's kind of like going to be a resto mod kind of thing. Um, nice. Like it's going to be built and capable, but it's also going to be like nice and luxurious. Yep. Um, so that thing's still not back together yet. Um, that's been a long-term project. Uh, but in the meantime, the 90 model was, was my daily driver and, um, engine trouble, just the Windsor that was in it when I bought it, uh, it was old and tired. It was overcammed, whoever, whoever built it before, 
before I bought it. You know, basically they'd put a cam in it that was that was meant for a Mustang, and it it didn't um it didn't have the low end torque that I wanted. You know, when I was on trails and stuff, so we recammed it, and um, when we did, ended up replacing the lifters and everything, but chewed up a lifter and and ruined the cam oh. somehow. And, and I don't think that it's anything that we did. I think it was just kind of like a freak thing. Yeah. But um, at the time, we had a uh, a four hundred eight stroker sitting down in the barn that was meant to go in my wife's seventy three, and so <laughs> I um, unwisely uh, <laughs> took that from her. <laughs> and I just pulled the Windsor out of my 90 and put the 408 in it and uh, ended up having uh, having some trouble with it and, and having to pull it out. And, and that was a just a freak, um, freak thing that, you know, it ended up scoring, um, scoring a, a cylinder or two. So it, it had just been kind of a disaster on, on trying to keep one on the road. The, the most consistent one has been my wife's. 73 but we can't really take it very long distance or on trails and stuff because that little you know it's just got a, a little straight six in it and it's oh, got yeah. like no power yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you like if you drive it for like 30 miles you just get tired because like your foot <laughs> is like all the way to the floor you know you just pedal the floor everywhere you go and you're barely doing the speed limit uphills yeah, but with your ninety, like that was kind of your baby there for a while. Like you put king shocks, coilovers, you did a long travel kit, all that on it, right? Yeah, it's it's the the one that I've that and the seventy eight are the are the ones that I've put the most effort into and actually built myself with with my dad. You know, I'm definitely more proud of them than any of the others. But it's like. Like I said, it had just been heartache trying to get it right. And, you know, I can't say enough good things about Blueprint engines because they've been like great to work with. And I just got my 408 back literally day before yesterday. Oh, wow. Um, and like they took care of the problem, um, rebuilt it, no cost to me. I didn't have to pay to ship it back. Wow. Um, either way. And, you know, they were calling me on a weekly basis um, to you know, see, see what my status was as far as working on the engine. Cause I was going through like kind of a diagnostic, uh, period trying to figure out what was going on. Um, so they were just really good. Like they were on top of it, just calling me to, to let me know that they hadn't forgotten about me and that they were interested in, in where I was on the project, uh, in order to get it taken care of properly. And, and they really came through. So I can't say good, enough good things about them for that. That's awesome. That's quite a testimony for them. So I was looking at the list of trucks you have. You've got your 73, you've got the 78 with a 460, you've got a 90, I think it's a 408, and then a 96 that you're like using as a daily tow vehicle. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. But the truck I really want to talk about, my favorite one, is the one you had at the Great Smoky Mountain Bronco Invasion, and that's the giant red 79. What engine do you have in that? Uh, that one's a 6BT Cummins. <laughs> yeah. that's awesome it sounds like a peterbilt yeah. coming <laughs> coming around the corner and you like wheel you wheel with that right i do that one is actually my daily driver right now um and it has been my daily driver for for a while it actually gets great fuel mileage and you know we wheel it uh we take it up to Winrock. we take it out on trails almost every week we don't live very far from like cherokee national forest and that's not really wheeling it's but, you know, we like to at least get on gravel every weekend if we can. Yeah. And then try to make it up to some, you know, real 
trails up at Winrock, you know, whenever that's possible. Where'd you get the six BT from? Did you do the swap? No, um, okay. I can't claim, I can't claim any credit on, on building that. I had, um, my, my dad had, um, had swapped over to Ram and was a big Cummins fan and made me a fan of the Cummins. And, um, uh, when I got into Broncos, I'd been thinking of like, you know, how cool would it be to have a Cummins and a Bronco because you would have all of that power in a smaller vehicle. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're super reliable and they get, you know, the older ones get really good fuel mileage. And I'd been exploring the idea of building one, but I knew what it was going to cost me to do it in order to, to buy a decent Bronco to start with. And then plus the cost of, of a decent Cummins engine. And then I knew I wanted like one ton axles and I wanted like a good manual transmission behind it. And I knew what it was going to cost to put all those parts together. And um, I ended up finding one on Facebook Marketplace that had already basically been built the way that I wanted it. Oh, that's cool. You know, for the price, I couldn't I couldn't pass it up. So, yeah, that's, that's how I ended up with it. I uh, wanted to ask you, when we were at the GSM event, there was that giant black full-size Bronco, and then yours was almost equally as tall. And, and that's my dream. And I asked you when we were there, I said, hey, can I can I get into your truck? I just want to see what this, I want to see what the view looks like from up here. If I'm driving your truck and you open the door for me, did you see me trying to get into your truck? Yeah. <laughs> I literally couldn't find anything to pull myself up. With. I was grabbing the bottom of the seat legs and then I was trying to lift each leg up right and left. And I'm like, there's nothing like the wheels are too far apart. And somehow I, maybe you help me. I got up into your truck and then it just dawned on me the other day. It's just like, I never reached the door handle. How am I going to get into this track? I'm, I may have to rethink this because I'm five foot six. Yeah, I, I'm not sure exactly how much lift is on the truck, but I'm imagining that it's, a, it's probably eight inches at least. Um, it's on 37s and, and the fenders haven't been cut. Um, so it's, you know, I, I'm pretty sure that, um, I, I could be wrong, but I, I think with a six inch lift, a 37 will still rub yeah. on a, on a 78, 79. Um, so it's, it's, it's pretty tall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Where do you go and look at parts? Where do you go to get parts? Like what are some of the, the places that you visit for full size? Uh, full size stuff isn't isn't nearly as easy to to get a hold of good quality parts you know like the first gens are for a 78 79 like i i've got the um the wild horses um they call it like the rock crawler suspension okay um and that's a six inch lift and it comes with bilstein shocks and it comes with their own uh like progressive coil springs um, that's what I've got on my 78 that, that we're building that I've got, you know, I've got the body off the frame and stuff right now, but I've yeah. got that suspension. That was the, one of the first things that we did to it. It's not leaf spring rear, right? Yeah. It's, it's a leaf spring rear. Yeah. Beaver does the leaf springs for wild horses. Okay. For their kit. Do the shackle points match up from 78, 79 to the early Bronco? Or is that specifically for the second gen? Uh, I'm, I think that it's specifically for for the second gen. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know they had that. Any, any other places you go to find full size Bronco parts, all of the body stuff and interior components, um, you know, like, uh, LMC truck and Dennis Carpenter, 
Um, and, and all of those are, yeah. are where I source, you know, like body panels, floor pans, you know, interior parts, all of that, you know, switches and knobs, all of that stuff. And then as far as mechanical stuff, like I'm the type of guy that like, I don't leave anything stock. Like I, I pretty much, I swap everything that I have. Yeah. And, um, so I typically go through, um, like summit, uh, summit racing, uh, jegs, that kind of stuff for, for mechanicals. I've used, uh, I got like my, my 460 came through, um, J and G engines. Um, they just do, um, you know, good quality, you know, rebuilt engines and stuff. So it's, it's a basic 460. Nice. And then, you know, I went through like blueprint for, for my 408 and, and stuff like that. And I, you know, the, the folks over at, at summit are really good on the phone. You know, when, when you're telling them, Hey, I'm swapping, you know, this engine into, a into this year Bronco, you know, what, uh, what headers can I use? Yeah. Um, and stuff like that. Like they've been really good. Like they've got a good technical, uh, support team, uh, that works for them that, that really help you out with stuff like that. Nice. Well, how can, uh, how can people see your trucks? Do you, uh, do you do the Instagrams or the Facebooks? Uh, I, I don't really, um, <laughs> so I'm on, uh, the, you know, I, I do have a Facebook and I'm on, uh, Tennessee Broncos. Yeah. Uh, so you can get on there and, um, and I've, uh, kind of worked with Matt Mooney. He's a, he's a great guy. You know, he's the head of Tennessee Broncos. And, yeah. Um, kind of, uh, we had, discuss the idea of the portion of east tennessee together yeah i've been doing doing that but i haven't been as active because like i said i've had some bronco heartache issues <laughs> so now now that i'm back on the road i'm going to be more active in it for sure yeah yeah well nice dude thank you so much for uh for hanging out with us for a little bit and let, letting us hear some of your bronco story if any of you guys are listening to this and you're at the super celebration east make sure to find spencer in one of his many broncos that he has uh that he's working on maybe he'll even have his uh 78 finished by this next april's super celebration we'll, we'll have to see yeah that that would be fantastic if if that could happen we'll see if we can pull it off <laughs> um thank you guys so much for for thinking of me um and and for including me on this um you know i, I just want to take the, the opportunity to you know, thank God for, for blessing me with, um, with family and friends that, uh, that, you know, are, are very supportive of me and, um, you know, all the great people that I've met in the, in the Bronco community, yeah. you know, thanks for, you know, my, my dad is, you know, has been awesome, you know, working with him on builds. Um, you know, my wife is into it. She's super supportive. You know, Greg, uh, Greg over at Desolate Motorsports has been really good to me. The folks at Blueprint yeah. Engines have been really good to me. So if it wasn't for, for a bunch of good people in, in the community, um, you know, I wouldn't be doing the, the fun stuff that I get to do every day. So, yep. Well, that's awesome, man. Well, thank you for being, being uh, on the podcast and we'll talk to you soon. So speaking of Spencer, we actually, uh, he's got some stories we didn't share. Um, maybe he'll share them with us for Bronco Horror Stories. So that's coming up soon too. So we're in you know, September, October, Halloween. So if you have bad Bronco fails, we would love to hear them and we'll maybe choose one and include it on our 
upcoming Bronco Horror Stories Halloween edition episode. Yep. Shoot us an email, questions at thebroncast.com. That's Q-U-E-S-T-I-O-N-S at T-H-E-B-R-O-N-C-A-S-T dot com. So uh, yeah, shoot us, shoot us some horror stories. We want to talk, we want to read them on the air. I, n- I would never close like that because I can't spell. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Broncast podcast all about the Ford Bronco. We'd like to thank this season's sponsor, Tom's Off-Road, for all your Gen 1 and Gen 6 Bronco parts. Our technical producer and audio editor is Josh Toller, a freelance podcast mixer, editor, and trumpet player extraordinaire right here in Nashville, Tennessee. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Find our video, podcasts, and other materials on our YouTube channel, Nashville Early Bronco. Thanks again for listening to the Broncast. We'll see you next week.